Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to Press This, a WordPress community podcast on WMR. Each week, we spotlight members of the WordPress community. I'm your host, Doc Pop. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine and my contributions over on TorqueMag.io. You can subscribe to Press This on Red Circle, iTunes, Spotify, or download episodes directly from WMR.fm. Each month, we like to do a community-focused episode. We like to call them Word Around the Campfires, where we talk with WordPress friends about events and news within the community. Joining us this week is Mike Davey, a senior editor at Delicious Brains. Mike, how are you doing today? Oh, not too bad, Doc. And yourself? I'm doing really well. And we also have Nick Diego, a developer advocate at WP Engine and a WordPress core contributor. Nick, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Let's start off with the biggest news in the community this week, Matt Mullenweg's State of the Word Address. Matt gave this presentation just yesterday. Nick, can you kind of tell us a little bit about the State of the Word and kind of where it happened, set the scene for us? Yeah, absolutely. So the State of the Word is something that's done each year. And it's delivered by the co-founder of WordPress, Matt Mullenweg. And the goal of the event is to kind of share reflections on the progress of the project during the current year or the past year, and also kind of set the scene for what's going to be coming in the future with WordPress. This year, it took place in New York City, and it was actually live again this year to a handful of folks. And uh, we learned a lot of great things about what happened in 2022 and also some things that we can expect uh, this coming year. WordPress is turning 20. That was kind of a big eye opener for me. The other thing to expect is the end of Gutenberg phase two. Nick, can you tell us about that? This whole block project started, Gutenberg project started, is broken into kind of four parts. We've been in stage two for quite a long time now. And that's kind of everything focused around being able to build with blocks, you know, the, the different supports and controls and functionality full site editing, all that kind of stuff. And we've seen huge advancements in 2022 towards that stage two goal. There's still a little bit of work left to do, and that will be completed as we move into 2023. But the goal is that once we get to the end of the year, we will be completely done with the bulk of everything that's needed for that stage two goal. And then we can look forward to 
stage three. So end of this year or end of next year, we should be done with the, uh, phase two. Oh, my apologies for that. End of 2023. Okay. So 6.1 was sort of the biggest version of site editing so far. Of course, that's how WordPress releases work. Each version is going to be the biggest one or the, you know, the newest one. But 6.2, I was thinking, was going to kind of book in that at least as best as possible, try to wrap up any of the major issues or bugs. Is that still correct? Or am I just misunderstanding what 6.2 is going to be doing there? No, no, no. You're you're 100% correct there. I think that there's a few out, uh, outstanding items regarding full site editing and the site editor. Uh, a lot of work's being done there, kind of polishing off some re remaining functionality that folks have been looking for. That's all aiming at 6.2. And they talked a little bit about new plugin taxonomies being introduced. And I, I'm going to say, I didn't fully understand that part of the talk. Mike, can you help explain to me what Matt was talking about there? Sure. Essentially, the idea is that plugin and theme developers sort of self-identify what their project goals are through that new taxonomy. Just looking at plugins, though, there's a few different categories they can put it in. One of them being commercial. And I'm in favor of greater transparency. My main concern with that is that a lot of users, especially a lot of new users, may skip right over anything that says commercial. And it seems to me like that might be a barrier for the freemium plugins, especially the new ones that don't have an audience yet. And I mean, just from my personal perspective, the Delicious Brains plugins all have free versions, and those free versions do significantly enhance your capabilities. And so I worry that new users might miss that if the plugins are just tagged as commercial, right? And speaking of like looking just still at new users, I don't think the current taxonomy scheme that we've seen is going to be of much help for them when they need to figure out which plugins to use. Solo? Community? What, what does that even mean? And, and don't get me started on canonical. I seem to recall there was some confusion about that term just a few months ago, even among the WordPress cognoscenti, right? Like it's, it's not an obvious term to use. And if I were just going in blind, I would see the words canonical plugin, assume that that means it's something you have to have. And then I would question why it wasn't just included in core. All right. So I think the, I think maybe the way we're terming them is confusing. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of kind of confusion about this. Maybe it wasn't rolled out great. It sounds like the goal is to help identify a user on the plugin repository of what type of plugin they're getting. It sounds like that's the noble goal. And these are supposed to be self-applied or self-identified. Self I know that currently there's some folks who are looking at the way that these have been tagged and not fully understanding them. But yeah, you're, you're bringing up some other points too. Just like, you know, canonical. I mean, the terminology of that seems pretty off for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I seem to recall the first time I'd ever seen the term there was a big discussion a few months back about the plugin download stats being removed. And Matt Mullenweg said that, I believe at the time, in a, a comment on WordPress.org, that the best way to do this would probably be via a canonical plugin. And there were plenty of questions generated from that, like plenty of questions coming from very knowledgeable people saying, what is a canonical plugin? So I think that, I think in the the, the spirit of the initiative is a good one. I think... There are a lot of plugins in the repository. I'll leave it at that. There's a lot of plugins in the repository. And the more that we can do to categorize them, I think is helpful. How that's done, you know, there's always going to be concerns and questions around that. I think that the, the commercial thing might actually be beneficial personally. 
I think that there's a lot of plugins out there that are, it's hard to tell if they're being actively supported. Are they being, is it just somebody who built it and put it out there and just left it? Who's actually behind these plugins? It can kind of cut both ways, I know, but I think that it could also be beneficial to showcase, hey, this plugin, yeah, it's free, use it however you want, but it's backed up by a, a company, you know, and they are actively supporting this and they're putting dev time towards it. Again, I'm not sure how it's all going to play out in the end, but I do think that the plugin repository is a bit of a wild west <laughs> and what can be done to kind of tame that I think is in concept helpful. Each year we do the uh, plugin madness competition over on Torque Magazine. It's coming up in a few weeks or a few months. When I first heard about the taxonomies, I was like, oh, that sounds a little bit like uh, we've got like kind of an enterprise and a maintenance and optimization. We've, we've brought basically plugins into four kind of pillars, which is not easy to do. And every year we get a lot of complaints about how we do it, but uh, you know, it's not an easy task. So I can kind of see that. And this is obviously something different. It's not breaking it up into its functionality quite like that, but it is kind of fun seeing other people have to deal with the criticism that we get when we try adding any sort of taxonomy or, or grouping to things. And Mike actually mentions the developer download issue that came up where, where stats on downloads were removed, uh, I think probably for privacy concerns for users. Both of these things do kind of have that similar vibe where I think plugin developers, I, I feel like plugin developers are feeling like this kind of came out of nowhere, or maybe they weren't consulted or it, it like they sort of feel like out of the loop on both of these, at least with this one, if I understand correctly, they should be able to fix that like there's no fixing the, the the download stats but i'm actually not sure to be honest like i i don't know that you can uh like once it's set there's probably some way mm -hmm. to change it like for example because somebody may decide you know this was a commercial plugin when i developed it five years on i'm just making it totally free so there, there must mm -hmm. be a way to to change that setting but I, I don't know for sure yeah i don't either we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the community uh, as seen through Matt Mullerwig and the state of the word and what we've kind of learned about 2022 and 2023. Stay tuned for more. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to Press This, a WordPress community podcast. I'm your host, Doc Pop, and we are doing our Word Around the Campfire segment where we talk about WordPress community. Uh, Today, we're really talking about the state of the word that happened just yesterday as we're recording. I'm joined by Mike Davey from Delicious Brains and Nick Diego from WP Engine. Mike, I'm I'm curious, what was was one of your favorite questions during Matt's famous Q&A segment after State of the Word? I'd have to say that my favorite question was, are we going to get to one universal theme? Because it mirrors something I was thinking when Matt was showing off some of the new stuff about Gutenberg and he was showing the new 2023 theme with its like, I think, 10 style variations. Because it really does seem to me that that seems to be the sort of way that it's driving, right? Um, Is that we're going to eventually, we may eventually get to the point where we have just sort of one universal theme and you can change so many things about it right, fairly easily, that it's the only theme you really need. Now, as Matt did say during State of the Word, we're probably going to see some really weird themes still, no matter no matter how advanced we get with these new themes, right? We're probably going to see some niche themes. I think you mentioned a, like one that looks like a terminal, that sort of thing. But I, I suspect we're going to see eventually sort of it driving towards one universal theme. One of the other things he mentioned, you can create themes just using blocks and style variations. And I really think that that is in line with WordPress's initial and continual mission of democratizing publishing. It seems to me that you can now be a low-code or no-code person and actually build a custom theme. It's probably going to take you a while. There may be some stuff you've got to learn, but you can get in there and start doing it. Um, And I think the, the more open we make this and the easier we make it to do, the more we fulfill that mission of democratizing publishing. Yeah, I agree. And I think that one of the things that we're looking at, you know, as well is maybe there's a kind of a default base theme for WordPress that people can build on. But I also think that when it comes to businesses, it's going to be what a lot of people do. They have their own base theme. Then every single client site or every single site that they build is from that base. Maybe they have some custom functionality that's, you know, specific to their business. Maybe they specialize in in e-commerce or whatever that may require a bit of a different base, but having a solid base, whatever that might be, whether it's the WordPress base or their own custom base, you can build so much on top of that, like never before. I think we're going to see a lot of that, especially in like the agency framework. That makes a lot of sense that if you're an agency that you might have a theme that you just kind of like cookie cutter just to start off everything with and then build around that. I I could definitely see that. When I'm looking for themes, I keep finding more and more that themes are actually getting in my way. Even with the 2023 theme that I got, I still ended up like trying to strip it down to the point where like some of the things are still like, I can't find them. I think like the border around the edges or whatever. I'm kind of looking for just a theme that's 
just a blank sheet to start with. And I kind of wonder if that's maybe going to be what themes start becoming. And then they just have these like patterns and things kind of tucked in on the side. If you want that border, it's going to be tucked in on the side, maybe rather than kind of baked in. I think the more we bake into themes, the more difficult it actually becomes for some users. Yeah, once you have those controls and you want to be able to, to change things, the theme can definitely get in the way of doing that. So my favorite question was, I think it was Courtney Robertson asked about a certification in the WordPress space. And this has been a highly contentious issue, I think, in the you know 10 years I've been covering it with Torque. And I was really surprised when she asked Matt about it, that he said that he's kind of come around on it. Matt was one of the people who felt that the idea of certification, the idea that there's a global body saying, here's a test to see if you're qualified and, you know, kind of organizing that. It just didn't feel very WordPressy. It felt like WordPressy should be a little more self-organized. And even in general, maybe the idea of certification wasn't really a good idea. I got the impression during Courtney's talk very quickly that Matt was like, I've come around on this and I think it's not a terrible idea. And he didn't say that things are, you know, in the works for that, but just the idea that he's kind of come around on it makes me wonder if there's possibly some sort of certification process talk happening behind the scenes. I know that recently there's certifiedwp.com has popped up as one of the newest groups trying to kind of create a certification process. The whole conundrum that they're trying to solve is these people also hire WordPressers. And sometimes they just don't know what they're getting when they're hiring someone. They don't know if they really know what they're talking about or not. And the hope is that if someone has a certification in WordPress, whatever that means, that you can hire them knowing that they'll be able to do what they say they can do. Sort of like a, a little blue verification badge. <laughs> Mike, did you have any thoughts on that particular segment? Overall, I think certifications are actually a sign of a maturity, which is not necessarily that you know, WordPress needs to have them. But I mean, WordPress is turning 20 next year and certifications do provide some assurance to people outside of WordPress that this person knows what they're talking about. For example, you mentioned that somebody may hire a WordPress developer, but they don't necessarily know if that person's competent. And I know enough about WordPress that I'm positive I could convince a small business owner that I know it all. But the fact of the matter is I don't, and I'm not a developer, right? So a certification would, would help to, I think, alleviate some of those concerns for people outside of WordPress. Nick, do you have any thoughts on the WordPress certification as, as a program that should be adopted or not? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think that, you know, it, one, it gives something for people to strive towards. Uh, it kind of creates this collective idea of what it's hard because you got to say, well, what is included in that certification? What are the things that you need to know? I think in concept, I like the idea. It's a little bit gatekeepy, but I do like the idea. The problem I have with it is how fast WordPress is evolving. Mm. You know, I couldn't do what I did last year, what I do now, even though I would be considered quote unquote, a WordPress expert last year. So I think that this is something that you kind of got to work into that process, whether it's a recertification or hard questions to answer, but in concept, I like the idea, but the, the how it would work, I think is, is a bit of a challenging one. It seems in general, like a lot of things are changing really quickly with site editor. And I wonder if two years from now, it'll feel quite as radical or if something else will come around, you know, cause you're, you're right. Like certification 
a year ago versus now, it seems like totally, it doesn't mean like it, you know what what's happening in WordPress necessarily because things have changed so much. I'm hoping things settle down because it's actually getting a little hard to write tutorials and things right now with everything changing so quickly. Yeah, and maybe this is a perfect time to revisit certifications because you're 100% right. <clears throat> Once we get to the end of stage phase two, things will settle down a little bit more and it might make more sense because we'll have a, a bit more of a solid understanding of what it means to be a certified WordPress professional. There we have it, Gutenberg phase five certifications. You heard it here first. Mike and I were talking a little bit before the before the show about Matt's new love of AI. Mike, you want to tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I'm, I'm also very excited about AI and uh, mm -hmm. Matt did seem to be pretty excited about in particular open AI. He mentioned chat GPT, which I'm sure by now just about everybody's heard about it. The current level of technology we have in AI takes me back to nearly a decade ago when an editorial colleague asked me if he thought we would be replaced by AI. My answer then is the same as it is now, not completely. There's too many judgment calls to make, and more fundamentally, you need to really understand your audience on a gut level. And I don't think that applies to just editorial and content either. I think that's really, that applies to just about everything. AI is an excellent tool, and a lot of work can be automated, and we're rapidly gaining access to the tools we need to do it. And from my perspective, that would free me up to do what really does need human intervention, planning, strategy and ensuring that what we're producing is the very best it can be and really meets the reader's needs. Mm -hmm. However, excited as I am about the potential of AI, there are a lot of social implications here that I don't necessarily think that people that really need to be thinking about it have been, and that would be its societal implications. I'm with Bill Gates on this one. At some point, I think we're going to have to start taxing robot labor. That is a policy intervention that goes far beyond anything Matt was talking about. <laughs> But eventually, I think we will need to do that because we're going to need fewer people doing fewer things. With that said, I mean, if you've looked at what I've heard about OpenAI's like chat GPT can in fact generate code. And sometimes the code works like somebody built a working WordPress plugin using chat GPT. But what I've also heard is that the code it produces, while it may work, is not good code. Right? It does need a lot of human editing. Like, like, it's just, it's not best practice. It's not necessarily secure. It does things in ways that a human developer probably wouldn't. So we definitely still need human intervention there and human oversight and to make those judgment calls. Mm -hmm. But it is a very, very exciting era. Uh, and I think it's, it's really, we're just starting to see the potential. Matt certainly seemed excited about it, as I think almost every CEO is. They're at least, you know, open to the possibilities. You know, the same thing happened a year ago. Everybody was excited about NFTs. I think AI has a longer lasting potential. During his talk, Matt, you know, used a line that was written in chat GPT, kind of as a throwaway gag. Everyone seems to be throwing that into their speeches now. But at the end, Michelle Frechette asked him about OpenVerse, which is a creative commons project where you can upload images or media, music, video, and these are open for anyone to use. And WordPress has adopted OpenVerse. It's now, you know, something that they're trying to get people to, to use and people are contributing. But the question from Michelle Frechette was saying that usage isn't that high. People aren't using it that much. And during, during the, his answer, Matt said, 
some of the rules that they use for open verse include things like no faces can be shown because they don't want to get into legal troubles and worry about releases and stuff like that. They're trying to keep it simple. And some users do need a face or want an image of someone who has a face. So Matt's suggestion coming back to AI was talking about using AI to generate images, sort of like this person does not exist.com images to help add faces to that category. And I know that Mike, to what you're saying, this is kind of a contentious thing for some people in terms of ethics, in terms of where these images are being generated from, or the, you know, the source material, it's pretty interesting. And it kind of caught me off guard to see Matt really excited about it. But I do think there are parts with chat GPT in particular to help build maybe an article and you can go through and flesh it out more. I think there's a lot of exciting stuff there. So I, I get it. We're going to take a final break here on Press This. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up our Word Around the Campfire segment and talk about Playground. So stay tuned. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Press This, a WordPress community podcast. We are doing our Word Around the Campfire segment with Mike Davey from Delicious Brains and Nick Diego from WP Engine. We are mostly talking about the state of the word address that Matt Mullerwig gave yesterday in New York. And the final thing I think I wanted to talk about was Playground. I know both of you all have interesting things to say with it. Nick, why don't, why don't you just kick us off? What is Playground? Oh, that's such a hard question. <laughs> uh, so, so Playground, yeah, WordPress Playground is a tool where you can spin up WordPress right in your web browser. Uh, how it's done is a bit beyond uh, me technically, but I understand that it uses WebAssembly to do, you know, create, do PHP and the server, everything behind the scenes in WordPress, all within your browser. So. It's a pretty fascinating piece of technology. Even Matt said in the presentation when he first saw it, he didn't think it was possible. But it's it's a really interesting way for you to spin up WordPress sites right in the browser. And it, it really opens the doors for all sorts of interesting things. I was understanding that it even allowed you to kind of play with other people's sites. Mike, do, do you know if, if I'm wrong on that? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I've only used it myself a bit in the last couple of days. But I did report on it back in the Delicious Brain Bites newsletter in early October. And I was impressed by it then, and I'm even more impressed that it's already ready for prime time. My thought when I first heard about it was, that's really neat. I can't wait to see where it is next year. I never expected it to be ready this early. Now, it is still experimental and in development, but there's a lot you can do with it. This is another area that's going to be really helpful for people who are just getting started on their WordPress journey. You can play and experiment as much as you like, and the only investment is time. You don't even need to log in. 
Like you do not need to be logged into WordPress or tech. That's the playground. If you just type in WordPress playground into your, into your search engine, go to that link, you can start right away. You can get right into the back end of the site and see what does what. Well, one of the things I think is also really cool is that if you want to demo something in WordPress, instead of having to have a user install a local version of WordPress and download the various plugins they need to use for to, to demo, you can set up an entire WordPress site all pre-configured with what you want to have in it. And then that user can just hop in and start experiencing WordPress with your predefined configuration. So new users, great. Showcasing products and features, great, all sorts of cool things that you could do. So you could take something like ACF, Advanced Custom Fields, and have a playground instance with it. You go in there, you can play around with ACF, learn how to use it, all that sort of thing, all within the browser. So there's a lot of really interesting implications for this technology. Playground is being marketed as a WordPress experience that runs totally in your browser. And as Nick is saying, you can use it to embed a real WordPress site in like a tutorial or a course, or you can use it as part of your pitch when you're sending something to your client, you can kind of put it in there. And then also in the description, it says experiment with an anonymous WordPress website, which is where I was kind of getting the vibe that maybe you could kind of plug in, you know, someone's URL and just kind of play around with it and see if you can modify it and learn how it was made. I was suggested uh, to try using Playground specifically because I have a weird bug that I can't tell if it's in the theme or if it's something I did. And someone was like, oh, well, very easily, you could just put your site into Playground and try switching the theme up a little bit. And, you know, it's it's sort of like a local install, but maybe even easier. Is it, is that, is it sort of like local in a way? Is it possibly going to be fitting that need? Um, there are echoes of local in Playground. However, I mean, local is obviously a much more advanced tool, you know, all the integrations with you know, flywheel and WP engine and all that kind of stuff. But there's definitely some echoes of the two <laughs> between the two. That's all we have time for on this episode of Press This. I want to say thank you so much to Nick and Mike. We will drop links to your projects in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode of Press This, I'd recommend checking out our recent interview with Brian Gardner. He did a predictions about themes and trends for 2023, talking about what we think are going to happen, both with like themes in general, like how websites look, but also themes, like how themes are being used. So if you're interested in that, check out that episode. I also recently talked with Say Reed and Courtney Robertson on the WP Community Collective, a group that is seeking to fund WordPress contributions and initiatives. You can hear that on the Torque Social Hour live stream. You can find that on YouTube or on torquemag.io. Thanks for listening to Press This, a WordPress community podcast on WMR. You can follow my adventures on Twitter at the Torque Mag, where we post links to everything that we're working on. You can also subscribe on Red Circle, iTunes, Spotify, or download Press This from WMR.fm. I'm your host, Dr. Popular. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to spotlight members of the community each week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. 
any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.